Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. I'm uh, delighted to say uh, uh, Leslie Williams uh, and Serena, uh, Serena Bellissimo and uh, Esther McCarthy join us once again. Good afternoon to you all. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello. Hi. There you are, your grant. Yes, fantastic. Don't fright. Our, uh, our hashtag, by the way, before I forget it, is, uh, uh, as I was saying already, Moobs Movies. Uh, so, the tip man's bodyguard hanging down, diddy daycare, and the most disgusting so far, white men can't lactate. Thank you for that thought. <laughs> so, so um, the two movies you're talking about today, uh, Esther, is it you decided uh, you wanted movies featuring the letter J? <laughs> no. Um, well, everybody's talking about Jamie's quite a biggie, actually, and... Um, you learn something new every week in this business. And I suppose this week I've learned um, that Richard E. Grant makes a very pretty drag queen. Very <laughs> right. pretty. OK, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's, yeah, this is really sweet, this one. Um, it's on Amazon from tonight and it's an adaptation of a big West End hit, which itself was based on a real life story about a teenager by the name of Jamie Campbell. Um, back in 2011, he featured on a documentary for the BBC called um, Jamie Drag Queen at 16 and told how he came out as Fifi Latrue on his prom night. <laughs> and whether, yeah, <laughs> the, the names are great, actually. Um, in fact, yesterday, because I do these things when I'm on a deadline, I found a site um, where you can find your, uh, by your initials and the month you were born, you can find out what your drag name would be. Because um, that's what I do on deadline, and I was. Is that like a rule? If you're a drag queen, you have to do it that way, or, or <laughs> no? It was just this optimizer thing. When I was researching something else, it came up, and I thought, "Oh, I like the sound of that." Right. I am April Felicia Filth, and I think that's just <laughs> you perfect. You certainly are. <laughs> Sorry, repeat. Are you April Felicia Filth? I'm April Felicia Filth. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fabulous. Right. It makes okay. makes me want to put on ABBA and get dancing right there. It's right. Like uh, I, right. I looked yours up too, Sean. Do you want to know what yours is? Uh, yeah. Go on. <laughs> Your June Mimi Filth. June. So. Oh, we're we're related. How lovely. <laughs> we're drag cousins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's lovely. Anyway, April, what's the other uh, movie we're doing today? <laughs> Uh, Rose Plays Julie is really good, actually. It's an Irish uh, kind of psychological thriller. It pretends to be one thing and then turns into something else, which is really interesting. Um, it stars Anne Skelly. We're like, a, we're like a farm for emerging talent at the moment. There's just so much talent breaking through out of Ireland. It's really exciting. And here we have Anne Skelly, um, a Dublin actor who is in the HBO series The Nevers at the moment. It's a big sci-fi series, but she's also in this. She's the lead in this, and she's really, really good in it. Um, she is a student who wants to... Oh, I give way too much here. She discovers who her birth mother is. She knows she's been adopted for years, but she finds out who her birth mother is, and she becomes a little bit fixated, I would say, with tracking her down. Uh, that Her birth mother is played by Orla Brady, who doesn't want to meet her adopt, uh, her daughter, which she, who she gave up years and years earlier. 
and the reasons emerge in really interesting ways why that is the case. Oh, right. OK. And uh, we're going to the, uh, Leslie, we're going to the Rhone Valley today. The Rhone Valley. So the cool north and uh, and the warm south. And there's quite a difference between the two. Um, people tend to think of them, them, them as similar. The, the south is huge. It's massive. Um, but the, it's, it, it's, it's, it's almost more Provence than Rhone when, you know, in terms of what, compared to the wines that are made in the northern Rhone. So I have a, a very fragrant, um, delicious, creamy Viognier, um, um, which I think you like. And mm-hmm. then I have um, one made by three Irish blokes who own some land and buy some grapes and stuff down in um, in the southern Rhone and they are there as we speak at the moment making yeah, grapes. It seems, it seems to be every wine. week you hear about another Irish person who's in France yeah, making wine. It's true. Does it, and it, but it is, Simon, one of them has been doing it for quite a while but uh, a few years, a couple of years ago he joined up with two other blokes and um, I think the other two helped invest in the vineyard and so on and so um, and they're, they're known, very really well known to the trade so you'll mm. find these wines, well that, this one in particular um, really easily. Um, I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised, I'd say this has been on, not been at this one but some of Simon's wines have been on here before, I'm sure of it. They, right, so okay. Simon Tyrrell, yeah. Um, yeah. Because, because Mick O'Connell has a share in a small... Uh, um, He's in Sardinia, I yeah. think, yeah. So I think, because um, his wife's from Sardinia, and so I think um, he basically, I think he oh. either buys grapes or, um, I don't know, but he, he makes it over there and makes it yeah. all natural and the taste it, yeah. is good. Oh, no, but, but yeah. it, it seems to imply you don't need to be like a zillionaire to do oh, this no, or anything. No, yeah. and in fact, you probably had the Rochine Curly once. Yes, Rochine indeed. Went, yeah, yeah. a pharmacist up in Mayo, for anyone who doesn't know, um, who just got obsessed with wine. I mean, she still works as a pharmacist most of the year, but some of the years she goes off to France and she meets courtiers so courtiers someone who knows people and the courtier will introduce her to a, a grape grower in Burgundy and then um, <laughs> will, will agree a contract and then she will basically buy the grapes from them and can you know pretty much from August she's there from the beginning of August because that's the most important month and during the year she'll be dropping in keeping an eye on the vines that she's kind of rented basically they're still owned by the producer mm. but she makes the wine and then she borrows cellar space and you can do this relatively cheaply um, and affordably actually well relatively affordably and know. these courtiers are they like tinder for wine kind of yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Well, they're kind of like um, they're, they're matchmakers. That's what they are. They're yeah. matchmakers. They're like oh, Amanda and Claire. That's kind yeah. of sweet. Yeah, yeah. that is kind of sweet. Right, Serena, because yes. uh, um, it, 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 because we're coming back, it's starting to rain again, and so there's loads of good TV coming. So you can run through. Do you have dates for when things are coming back? I do. I am so excited. Um, today. Uh, the morning show with Jennifer Aniston and um, Reese Witherspoon. It is back. Did you watch season one? No, don't have uh, uh, don't have Apple. Oh, uh, I just thought I have too many apps as it is, and you, I just drew the line. Do you know what? It what? is so worth getting Apple because there's that. There's also. Um, Oh, what's that football one I'm watching that I'm loving? At the, the Ted memor- Lasso. Yeah. Ted Lasso as well. Um, yeah. It's worth doing that. And Apple have been very smart too. They've gone down the Disney Plus route and they're only releasing once a week. So yeah. you either get it now or you wait until the morning show is 10 episodes long. The reviews haven't been great. I will be going back, though, and I will be checking it out because season one was so good. But if you're not into the morning show and you don't have Apple TV, Netflix, Sex Education, yep. season three, absolutely brilliant. I binged the eight episodes. I got a preview to it. Binge the eight episodes in three days. It is so good because, yes, it's all about the current cast, um, the young people, but it also delves into the lives and the sex lives and relationships of the older cast as well. There's a couple of new people in that as well. So that's all available now. This is the one I am so excited about, Yeah, I think most people would be, yes. Did you get addicted to Succession? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do not love Succession. Well, I people have been talking about it for a while and it took me a while. Um, I think it was, I can't remember what lockdown number, but it was in one of the lockdowns. (laughs) And 
We binged the two seasons. It's been two years since we've seen the the lads. Has um, it? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, because they were they were due to start filming in like I think it was February March of 2019. So yeah. they had to stop because of something called a pandemic. Yeah. But they are back on the 18th of October on Sky Atlantic at um or on Sky. 2 a.m. on Monday, the 18th of October. Right, that's what normally they do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but if you, because they're doing it at the same time that it's running in the States, if you forget to series link it, it'll also be available on now. And finally, a series that you've really enjoyed, Kevin Can F Himself yeah. with um, you won Annie Murphy, Annie Murphy from yeah. um, Schitt's Creek. Great. That has just an eight-episode season oh, one. Oh, no, they had to have a season two because it was a cliffhanger at the yeah, end, really. Yeah, do you know what? I just finished it and my nerves just couldn't take it. Oh, my actually... God, it's so dark. Yeah. yeah, and it is really dark because it's got that sitcom thing as well. But I was watching it with Brian. I was like, I, I can't, I don't want to hear that there's a season two. And then last night he taps me on the shoulder and goes, sir, there's a season two yeah, Oh, no, there had to be a season two. They, they, uh, and it was extraordinary. The further you went along in that, every time they did like the sitcom bit and you had to hurl all this canned laughter, it would just, your nerves, like, I couldn't look at a 90s sitcom now without getting that weird... On edge, yeah. yeah. Someone's going to go berserk here and kill everyone. But you also have to... I found like I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to opt out now. You have to watch the whole eight episodes to yeah. really get where her mind's at. And it was the most successful... There's a streaming service in the States called AMC, the most successful launch. Oh, good, yeah. yeah. And she was, so re- she was, she was really fantastic. was wasn't she? Because yeah. apparently she nearly gave up acting before she got the part in Shits Creek. I spoke to her about that. And like her house had burnt down. She was down to literally... Oh, she was a country and western song then, basically. Yeah, before, completely. Yeah. Down to almost nothing, and she was auditioning for another role, and they went, no, we think we want you for this one. Someone had been cast in that role, actually, and then they went, no, they saw her and went, let's do this, and her life has completely changed. And she, I mean, she's fabulous in Schitt's Creek, but wow, in this series, isn't she phenomenal? Oh, no, she is, yeah, and even the accent. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know, that, that, but it sounds like it's that accent, Yeah, uh, uh, if you know what I mean. Have you seen any of these I, shows, I, Leslie? I, I, I've heard of that one. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, I'm, I, um, Amazon Prime. Yes, yes and I, we have that, so there's no excuse. My wife has watched a couple of episodes. I just haven't had a chance. I've just been busy the last uh, couple and of weeks. Six, so. uh, succession is extraordinary, I, because you will watch uh, that, and you will go, I hate every single yeah. one of these people, yeah. uh, but what so why am I watching yeah. this? I am being pestered to watch that very yeah. much. Yeah. Oh, you have yeah. to. Yeah, 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 and you won't yeah. be able to stop. I know. Yeah. They're utterly vile. No, no, I've heard. They really are. And I'm so jealous because now you get three seasons in one yeah. bulk city. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, it's ridiculous we haven't watched it. We haven't watched other, like, on-trend stuff, but not, not those yes. ones. Okay, sorry. I didn't want to make you feel bad uh, uh, or anything. Just to, just to add one hint of horror uh, to today's proceedings. Oh, what? Uh, the next remake they're going to make is of The Bodyguard. Oh, yeah, God. now that's, yeah, yeah look, it, it's such a favourite, 1992. I mean, sometimes with classics, there's no need to remake them, but I think after the success of A Star Is Born, I think that was done like three times, mm. Gaga yeah. and, and Bradley Cooper, there was such success around that. And I think maybe because our generation loves it, the, the current generation probably don't have an affinity to it. So they've gone, you know what, let's remake it. Um, the Tony-nominated playwright, um, Matthew Lopez, he is going to, he's been hired to write this. Mm. One of the original um, writers is now going to be a producer. I mean, this film grossed $400 million. Wow. It, it's famous. I mean, Britney, oh, yeah. not Britney, Whitney, Whitney. and yeah. Kevin together. Now, I've... That I, awful song. Sorry, I never liked that song. I will always love you. No, and also, it's a rip off of uh, "Don't Make My Brown Eyes Blue." It's exactly the same. Well, it's a Dolly Parton song, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So, there you go. Well, I'm, I'm just getting excited by some of the suggestions that are getting thrown about, including Lizzo. She's put herself forward. She put a TikTok together and it's like, wow. she, she has this thing with Chris Evans at the moment. And she's like, I could be Whitney. And she could, could, yeah. But my... you know that final scene where he's carrying her off the plane? I'd pay her cash money to see that one. <laughs> well, it's funny that it's actually really funny that you mentioned that because one Twitter person, I love this, they've suggested that they will watch this if John Legend is the singer and Charlize Theron gets to carry him out. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that would be good too. Yeah. Uh, right, so they haven't cast it yet, just, they just have a writer. They've just got a writer. So, look, um, next... Charlize can do no wrong. I mean, she can do no wrong. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if they. Yeah. they Change the sex around. around. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be the the my maths is really bad. Ninety two to twenty. It'll be the thirty year anniversary next year. Will they have enough time to write, make, mm. and release next year? Don't know. I probably wouldn't be releasing it on such a big milestone. Maybe wait to twenty twenty three. I know, but they give Kevin Costner a bit part. He's like the, <laughs> oh, you know, he'd have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's like he's his boss, limo isn't he? driver or something or like his that. Boss, yeah. The boss of the new bodyguard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. something like that. So yeah. that that would be grand. <laughs> anyway, right. Let's move on to our first wine of the day. Okay, so uh, tell just us about hand it over to you first. Yeah. On now, now Leslie's handing me his his favorite glass, as in physically his favorite glass. So this is a very tense moment for I have, me. I have one of them just because I broke yeah. the other one. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Apparently, it's very light. <laughs> Uh, yeah, give it a ting. Oh God, that's lovely. It that's like nice, oh, yeah, yeah. That's like being in a Buddhist monastery. Yeah. So look, I mainly drink at a Riedel, but I have a couple of Zalto glasses yeah. that I really like. Zalto, imported by Searsons, um, and I think really only available in Searsons shop in Monkstown. And it's just it's so fine. Mm, if anybody's eaten in I'm sure restaurant, they have them, and a few restaurants have them. So I mean, one of my favourite neighbourhood restaurants is Michael's in um, Marion. Gaz out there, he has a couple of Zalto glasses. But if you're not good, he'll give you a little plastic cup to drink out of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are easily broken. They're about 27 each. But for a hand-blown glass, that's not too bad. You know, okay, they're worse. made by hand. Yes, yes they yeah. are hand-blown. Um, well, I mean, I presume they're hand-blowing into a into a mould or something rather than just sort of like literally by hand. I don't know how you could do that because they're very consistent. How do you, yeah. you find it? it is, oh, it's lovely. It's nice. Yeah. It's really lovely. <laughs> and you're right, it smells amazing too. Yeah, well, actually, now oh, tell us about the wine yeah, that's so in the it wine, before so, I drink yes, it all. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh, Vionnier, right? So this is the great grape of the Northern Rome. Um, mm. There's one little hill, the hill of Condrieu. Let me just tell you briefly where we are. Um, let's say you're in Paris. You head southeast of Paris. You'll hit Chablis. Keep going another hour. You will hit Dijon and uh, you're in Burgundy. And then that's the River Sone is the river yeah. we're going along there. Now, is Vionnier not the same as White Burgundy? Or is no, 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 it's not to do Burgundy. Yeah, no, okay, no, right. Okay, no, we're in the Rhone. So just, yeah. just, I'm just taking a little geographical tour. Okay, keep I, going. Yeah, yeah. So in the Sone, the Sone River is the River of Burgundy. And then just um, that goes down through Beaujolais and then the end of Beaujolais is where you hit the city of Lyon and in Lyon they mostly drink Beaujolais but they also drink the wines from south of them because you go narrow about 40 minutes south of that you are in the Rhone Valley because the Rhone and the Saone join together in Lyon and Rhone then doubles in size becomes this furious fast flowing river cuts big steep rock, rocky hills basically as it goes down not a river you want to fall into as, uh, as somebody said once at, at that point anyway and then those big hills those steep hills and you're in a continental climate with a very windy mistral blowing through um, this can just get, make be perfect growing ground for this one white grape Viognier there's two others Marsan Rissam which you'll find a little less expensive but Viognier from Condrieu they're usually 70 80 a bottle the guy who makes this Yves Kiron, um, he is famous for his uh, Condrieu he came into the wine business lady inherited his, his uncle's um, land uh, in his 20s and decided to give up everything and become a winemaker and he has just kind of transformed the, back in the day he was one of the people transforming the region and then Viognier became popular suddenly having almost died out and is now available from around the world and from the Languedoc but I'm 
he's still the master I think this is so fragrant mm-hmm. so pure so kind of and it's stony and fresh as well as being all those fragrant peaches and apricots and flowers and so on and, and it's called Les Vines d'à Côté like, so the, the, vine, the, the, the vines beside they're not from Condry because that would be 70 years a bottle they're from the, the <laughs> <laughs> they're from the vines beside that it's about yes. 26 years a bottle um, so um, yeah, Le Caveau in, in Kilkenny imported but you can find it in um, uh, Green Man Wines which is where I picked this up today um, you'll get it in a, any kind of good uh, better wine shops um, Bradley's in Cork should have it as well um, sorry uh, Latitude 51 is a place in Cork I was trying to think of and uh, sort of good independence but I just love its fragrance it's a little less acidity for some people they don't like that so buying a flabby Languedoc one isn't always a good idea but but spending the extra few quid to get one made by a master like this guy I think um, it's, yeah. l- it's yeah, lovely yeah, well yeah. I, I don't know if it's the glass but there's a, it seems to be very light mm. um, it is. But uh, so when I look at the glasses, subtle, it, you can, yeah. you know. Yeah. By the way, I should mention the other glasses I have yeah. are Spiegel, which are my favourite cheap glass, S-P-I-E-G-L-A-U, mm. imported by Fevre, not to give... Um, so Mitchell's import uh, Riedel, which is great. Zalto by Searsons, and these are Fevre. And these are like a fiver each. So, All right, so they're okay. Not, or five, to, five no, to seven. Yeah. And they're lovely glasses. You that's know? a, that's yeah. a nice-looking glass. Anyway, April hey. Felicia Felt, what movie would you like to talk about first? <laughs> I'm actually thinking of getting a legal deed pull and changing my name. Absolutely, you should. Fabulous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, you should. Change your checkbook and all that kind of stuff as well. So, Miss Phil, what one first? Uh, I think in, in the spirit of my filthiness, let's do the drag movie first. Let's do Everybody's Talking About Jamie. OK, everyone's talking about Jamie coming up after this. Baby, I'm a hit. Ladies and gentlemen. Legit. Would you give a warm welcome? For the soon-to-be legendary... Jamie New. Me. Sorry, miss. Just daydreaming. Pretty. i got something to show you. you got to swear not to tell anyone. Tell anyone what? I want to be a drag queen. Oh, my days. So, why do you want to be a drag queen? Because it's all I ever dream of. And when I close my eyes, it's all I can see. You just found yourself... A mentor. Yeah, yes, please. There you go. That's everybody's talking about Jamie there. That's on Amazon. Is that is that right, Esther? That's right. From today. Yeah, this is lovely. It's fun. It's light. It's kind of what we need right now, I think. And it's got Richard E. Grant in it, which is just, he just brings a Richard E. Grantiness to everything he does. <laughs> and I love him <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, I, I don't ever want to see him do Shakespeare, really. He just brings himself into something and a bit of warmth to it. And he's having a blast here. He is um, a guy by the name of Hugo Battersby, a.k.a. Loco Chanel, uh, a middle-aged <laughs> former drag artist who takes Jamie under his wing, this teenage boy, and mentors him for the stage. Um, and he's, yeah, he's just lovely. And there's a lot of good supporting characters here. But let's talk about Max Harwood, first of all, a newcomer, um, a young British actor, um, I don't I'm not of the view that gay men should play gay characters, but I think it's really interesting, given what this film is about and what it's trying to do, that he is gay, uh, openly gay in real life. Um, And he is just wonderful in this. He is fantastic in it, like a star is born. I had a look at his screen credits after watching him in this and he has a heap of films coming up like everybody's mm. looking for him, him at the moment um, and he is he just kind of owns the central character he's this confident young gay man by the name of Jamie 
Uh, it's in the eight, set in the eighties, and he he has to be confident, quite frankly, because life's tough enough. Um, his father, who is separated from his mother, who's played by the lovely Sarah Lancashire, who's so good in this, um, he is unable to accept his sexuality at all, and you know, unbeknownst to Jamie, his father has pretty much rejected him and is in another relationship. He doesn't know that because his mom, Sarah Lancashire, her her character keeps sending him gifts and letters and fobbing him off and stuff and saying her dad, his dad's busy. So he doesn't Mm. realise this decision has been made. Um, And you can imagine what happens there and how heartbreaking that is. And he's also getting, you know, at the hands of the school school bullies. Um, so he really needs to be confident. He really needs to be um, comfortable in his sexuality, I suppose. But he has ambitions for himself as well. He's really, really interested in being a drag artist. And, uh, you know, people are kind of saying to me, you can't do that. So it's kind of a touch of the Billy Elliot's about it, I think. Um, and maybe a little bit of the full Monty thrown in. Um, and of course, it reminded me of the prom as well, the American um, movie from last year, the mu- also a musical. So this is a musical as well. It's peppered with songs um, and it's adapted from the stage musical from 2017. That was a big hit in the West End, even though I wasn't familiar with it. It was quite popular. But as I say, there's a true life story at the heart of this all as well, who, um, you know, that of Jamie Campbell, who featured in that documentary in the BBC about 10 years ago. Um, so they kind of fictionalise it, but there's a lot of, as you see in the closing credits, there's a lot of the real life character in this, and especially in his connection with his mum, which is really lovely in this. Um, so, yeah, he has this, he, you know, he's trying to forge its meaning, meaningful relationship with his dad. Um, the boys in class are bullying him, but he's got a great friend um, who's pretty um, and she is... Uh, a Muslim background and they're very close. They're both kind of feel like outsiders in the class, but they have a real strong bond and a real connection. Um, and that's kind of it. Now, that's a problem with it. You know, she, the the story is very thin here in a way. I think that would work on the London stage with big set pieces and flamboyant characters. But there's not enough of a narrative arc in it for a film. Um, it's quite thin in storyline and it's two hours long. So really drags in places sorry that's a terrible pun um (laughs) and it just you know it would have benefited i think from a bit more storyboarding a bit more storytelling power um having said that i like that it's out there i like that it's made it's an important film in the loveliest ways um and i think the performances hold it together max harwood is is fantastic as i say in the lead but um sarah lancashire is just lovely she kind of anchors it in that gritty reality of north of England um, mm. as his mother Margaret uh, in that kind of Billy Elliot kind of way you know uh, she's a straight talking woman um, doesn't put up with any nonsense from his dad and loves loves her boy as he is and you know doesn't even think otherwise um, and then Lauren Patel as I say lovely as as, as his best friend pretty and then sure Hugh, Richard E. Grant is just having an absolute blast um, as Loco Chanel, who kind of mentors the character um, and kind of encourages him, but discovers a kind of a long suppressed love for getting back on stage himself. And uh, it's just really lovely. It's, it's There's loads of songs in it. I don't think... 
I, the songs didn't do it for me. Um, I, I would like to see what it would be like to see them live on stage because there's a little bit of singing through going on as opposed to just big showstopper numbers. Mm. Although there are a few of those as well, um, including He's My Boy, which Sarah Lancashire performs. And you do, uh, you'll be happy to know you get Richard E. Grant singing The Legend of Loco Chanel as well. <laughs> um, so it is, it's fun, it's light, it's a bit thin. Uh, but it just there is a loveliness to it and it's kind of message of acceptance and yeah. tolerance. And yeah, it does. It, it, At it the same time, I get on the sleeve, this one. Yeah, I get the sense you wanted to like it more than you did. Yeah, I wanted it to be a bit more. I thought there was, you know, storytelling potential there in his relationship with his father and stuff and, and, and in the school bullies. It, it kind of reminded me a few times of Sing Street. And I was mm. thinking about that, John Carney's film and set in a similar period, of course, and how... You know, just having a bit more complicated characters and a bit more storytelling made that the, the really great film that it was. I think um, the bullies could have been, you know, that could have been there could have been more urgency to his predicament there, I suppose, and, and stuff like that. I think it's it's made the stage stage to screen adaptation a little bit too basically. It, you know, I think you you have to remember you're dealing with a different animal when it comes to screen you know yeah. telling a story like this on screen having said that there's a lot to like about it yeah know? speaking of John Carney have you seen any of Modern Love particularly the two Irish uh, well particularly particularly the, the Irish edition on the train I haven't seen any of them do you it's terrible I haven't no, seen any no, of them I'm looking at Serena Bellissimo and I'm glad there's a screen between us because I think she's just about to projectile vomit uh, when I mentioned Did it you? like it oh god no oh, oh god goodness. it was vile beyond I've, imagining I've heard some people go on about how beautiful the two um, Irish stories were and I was just like no they were I, I found them terribly boring and I just I actually this whole season of Modern Love although we stopped I think at episode three Brian's pushing me to keep going I feel like it lost the reason behind it and it was just it was terrible yeah he it's just a carny gives in to Schmaltz a lot and he seems to particularly have done that. And I think because it's an American production, yeah. he's given what... And maybe he's he's made this for an American audience who laps all of this up. Yeah. But watching it in Ireland, I'm just going, it could have done so much better. I know. Did that, the, bread, that one did on the, the bed break or anything like in... Did the the one on the train was just, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, I mean, it was mostly <laughs> Mini Driver and various English actors right. kind of, you know, going, ah, I love you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, th- uh, that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, you haven't seen it then, Esther, I was wondering. No. no. Stay <laughs> away. Okay. Esther, don't bother. I, I, I do want to hear more of your Mini Driver impression, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, we'll move on from my mini driver impersonation. Uh, the hashtag, by the way, is Moobs Movies. Uh, the uh, sags of our fathers. Uh, the big pair of Lebowskis uh, sagging Private Ryan and Mary Popouts uh, being uh, four excellent examples of what we have uh, on the on Twitter today. Now, the Alanis Morissette documentary, this is a weird one in that like, she spends what seems like a very long time cooperating with yeah. these people, giving extensive interviews to them, but then she doesn't like the finished product. No, and I'm so excited because it's called Jagged. It premiered at the uh, Toronto International Film Festival. Um, It's going to be on HBO. It's based on, it's named after her um, 1990s breakout album, Jagged Little Pill. We all know that. As you said, she spent hours sitting with the filmmakers, giving um, interviews 
And then she's gone, I don't like it. So she released a statement through her publicist and she said, I agreed to participate in a piece about the celebration of Jagged Little Pill's 25th anniversary and was interviewed during a very vulnerable time while in the midst of my third postpartum depression during lockdown. I was lulled into a false sense of security and their salacious agenda became apparent immediately upon my seeing the first cut of the film. This is when I knew our visions were in fact painfully diverged. This was not the story I agreed to tell. She's not turning up to any events, she's not going mm. to do any press for but it. But she did do the. But she did answer the. I mean, I assume because she had been subject to, to sexual abuse in the past, etc. That maybe that's what it was about. But and and I think she's now she hasn't been. Um, she hasn't come out and said exactly what she doesn't like. But you know, the Washington Post have uh, said that there are certain things that happened in her life that she feels that the production is focusing more on that, and rather it be a part of her story. Mm. It seems to be the whole part of the film. Now, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, kind of got she's... the impression it's not for the entire film. And no. It is about an anniversary of, a, of Which a, was a brilliant an album, album that means an awful lot, uh, I mean, still means an awful lot to people so many decades later, etc. Exactly. And look, so, do you know what? And I, I'm not going to talk on behalf of Alanis Morissette because I don't know how she's feeling. But sometimes, you know, when you say stuff, even during an interview, you say mm. stuff and then you watch it back and go, oh, I didn't mean to reveal all of that stuff, and mm. sometimes it's uncomfortable watching that, but that is, in fact, your truth. But maybe you don't want the world to but see I that. But I think she's talked about that stuff before. Yeah. Mm. So it's not new information. No, but she's saying it's, like, I, I think she just feels like the focus is on that rather than celebrating the album. I suppose when people see the documentary, they can uh, make up their own mind. And you know that more people are now going to watch it, don't you? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, it's almost like by not doing any press, she's given this so mm. much press. Yeah. Uh, Kevin wants to know, uh, the, the more important question is, is Ariana Grande in this? Uh, you're, <laughs> no, ne- she's, she's going to be in the bodyguard. <laughs> never going to live that one down. Right, you are listening to The Moncrief Show and News Talk. One more movie, one more wine to talk about after this. 53106 is our text number that will cost you 30 cents. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Ustalk. Uh, Esther and Serena and Leslie are still with us for Movies and Booze. Let's move on to our second one. Yes, so the second one is uh, Le Traversé, which means the to travel across, I think. Um, and it is uh, made by three Irish blokes, um, Simon Tyrrell, um, uh, he used to have his own wine importing company, um, Jerry Maguire, whom people might know from 64 Wines out in Glass Tool, and Charles Duran, who's, okay, he's not Irish, but he's been living here long enough that we can kind of call him Irish. He's a okay. wine importer. He was somebody in Gilbo's back in the day. Um, and the three right. of them basically uh, own... Um, Board a vineyard um, mm. at eight hectares. It's called Les Ducal, I think. Um, and then they've also occasionally they were buying grapes. And they found this friend of theirs um, who's across the Rhone. They're on the other side of the Rhone in their main place, but they bought grapes across the other side of the river in the Gard, um, which is just uh, sort of, if you're looking at Avignon, it's sort of southwest of Avignon um, on the other side of the river. And this is um, really old um, Carignan vine. So Carignan is a grape you don't see much on labels, C-A-R-I-G-N-A-N. The uh, reason is most people are not planting it anymore because it's not great unless it's old. But if you get the grapes 50, 60 years old, they can be really interesting. You get really soft, plummy fruits. You get really right. The grapes are that old or the, the vines? vines? The vines. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the vines. That's patient. The Yes, exactly. So you get that raisin quality. Um, uh, No, the vines. um, And uh, so old vine Carignan can be really, really interesting. Mm. And actually old vine Sasso, the other uh, grape. But it's it's 60 Carignan, 40% Grenache. Grenache is the main grape you find in the Southern Rhone. This is... um, So uh, people think Chateau de Pape. Like Chateau de Pape is a village in the Côte de Rhone. Chateau de Pape is Côte de Rhone. Um, so it's just a village in the Côte d'Arone. It's a posh Côte d'Arone. So is Gigondas, Vacaras, Rasto, Lirac. This is actually made not far from Lirac, if anyone knows, knows Lirac. Um, 
Just really plummy, fruity. It's 17 vintage. The 19 vintage has just arrived, but most um, smaller shops will probably still have the 17 vintage. Um, and again, you'll get this in um, places like Green Man. Um, Searsons uh, are the main agent for distributing it. So obviously Searsons in Monkstown, where I had the Zalto glasses from. Um, but you'll get it in, I think, Bradley's in Cork Cabot mm. for certain. Um, you'll get it in a few independents. But it's, just all those sort of plummy, it's, soft oh, fruits. It's drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. 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 All the really sort of is. ripeness and blackberries and mm. brambly fruits and kind of jam almost but not in a bad way no no but it's, it's just <laughs> yeah. hints of those things rather than you know if there's anything mm. uh, uh, overwhelming there it's creamy absolute, fruity yeah yeah, yeah. You it, can it, imagine it's being sit, by a fireplace yeah yeah it is yeah. I yeah. Um, put this in the fridge for 40 minutes before I came in as well just to keep it ah, a little cooler okay just to soften Good. Yes. just to bring yeah. out the fruit Excellent. a little bit because when I tasted it when I took it from the cupboard um, this is a sample they gave me last year which I never got into drinking um, it just was a little warm a little the alcohol was coming off too much so I just cooled it down slightly just yeah. to kind of bring out the fruit. Oh, it's absolutely it. gorgeous. Yeah, uh, so obviously 64 wines in Glass 2 would have it as well I should mention yeah. because that's where you know they, they, they that's make it. Where, so. Yes. Yeah. So, so they're they're um they're actually out there at the moment, like um standing on grapes and um and whatever. I think the harvest has not finished yet. They've mm. done most of it, but they haven't actually finished picking yet. Um and it should be a decent year, they'll have a lesser crop, I think, but I think it will be a decent year for them, you know. Right, okay. Um, Excellent stuff. Well, uh, uh, myself and Serena have to arm wrestle for this yes. afterwards. <laughs> I don't fancy my uh, my chances. Uh, tell us about the activists, because this show sounds appalling. This is mad. And it's so funny how Hollywood just jumps on stuff. So basically, they were going to do, you know how it's all about reality competitions at the moment? They were going to get um, contestants, six contestants, six activists, to appear on this show and um, do digital campaigns and media stunts about causes that they're really passionate about. They were then going to be judged by their campaign, on their campaign, by the likes of Priyanka Chopra, Julianne Hoff, um, who a lot of people may not know here, but she's big in the States. She's done um, reality stuff over there. She's a, a dancer as well. And she is an actress. She was once going out with Ryan Seacrest. She was also going to be a part of this. And um, John John Legend. I, I'm not hearing much in the way of qualifications <laughs> no. in, in the judging staff, <laughs> no, really. No, none of that. But it just, it's bewildering how I know, you know, everyone's trying to do the next big thing. But using social activism as an entertainment thing mm. and judging which campaign deserves yeah. more attention than another. So I think they finally got it. And... Um, uh, Priyanka Chopra released a statement admitting that the show got it wrong. No surprise there. Um, she says, I've been moved by the power of your voices over the past oh, week. Just... At its core, activism is fueled by cause and effect. And when people come together to raise their voice about something, there is always an effect. You were heard. That's great. Did someone explain that to her uh, yeah. afterwards? Usher was one of the judges. Usher, that's it. Sorry, John Legend. Usher. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just madness, isn't it? And, like, then to turn it around and sort of go, we've learned our ways and isn't this great? Your voices were heard. This was really important and so we've changed our minds. They're still doing a one-off thing where they raise awareness for these causes, but I just, I think they should walk away from it. And do you know what this reminds me of? Do you remember at the start of the pandemic when all the stars came mm. together and they did the job? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, God, yes. It was it was the, the Imagine song all over again. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like, except they were planning on televising it. And like, have we really turned into a real life Hunger Games? Well, but, whereas that song was just like crap, objectively. This is, this is crass on all sorts of, this is like 
you know, having yeah. in reality, we, we pay for your funeral Com- uh, or, or we shoot you. Completely. Or you get to go to hospital for life-saving operations. Die one to vote for the kittens, yeah. die two to vote for the starving children. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. Like, I don't know who thought it was, like, it, it's not only just with the judges, it is with the production company behind this who just went, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Let, let's let's make money off of this of tragedy bubble. and what, what, like who is gonna who's planning to broadcast this or stream it? Or, well, see, I or don't, general, I, I don't know. I, I think they've all gone quiet. The people who are getting the heat, unfortunately, are the judges, the stars who oh, actually poor put their. Usher. Be- what did he ever do? <laughs> Although, do you know what? He hasn't said anything it was yet. CBS apparently he was going to do. Oh, it. well, there you go. Yeah. I, I just think it's just madness. Um, Priyanka did say the show got it wrong, and I'm sorry that my participation in it disappointed many of you. The intention was always to bring attention to the people behind the ideas and highlight the actions and impact of the causes they support tirelessly. I think they should just walk away and not do anything at all. Uh, yeah, but apparently... It's going They're going to gonna t- do a one-off special. A one-off special. Yeah, I, I don't know about what, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. going to uh, do a documentary about really making a really crap TV show. Yeah, that yeah, would yeah. be um, that would be an idea. <laughs> right, we'll all, uh, move on to our second movie of the day. It is Rose Plays Julie. Here's a clip. I like the name Julie. When I think about Julie, I picture her like me, but different. Different clothes, different accent, different hair. For some reason, I always imagine her with short hair. I don't know why. I can't help thinking that somehow, if you had managed to hold on to me, I'd be living a different life right now. I'd be this other person. Perhaps the person I was really meant to be. The real me. There you go. Uh, that's uh, Rose plays Julie. Uh, so, is this kind of a somebody takes over somebody else's life type scenario? Yeah, there's a lot. First of all, I'm feeling a little poignant there hearing that back because this is one of the last films I saw before life changed. It was it was in Dublin Film Festival. It was early March, 2020. There we all were, you know. Delightfully clueless, jammed into a cinema, um, watching this, and there was a Q and A with the two actors, um, Anne Skelly and Orla Brady. Afterwards, um, they were the last people I did face to face interviews with the next day. Sean, oh, <laughs> we've God. been on Zoom. We've been on Zoom ever since, and I actually had to. to I did top up interviews with both of them on Zoom last week, and we were just talking about God. Little did we know what was coming, you know. Mm. Um, but anyway. As aside from that, this is really, really good. It was um, a big hit at the festival. The audience really responded well to it. I had to watch it a second time before reviewing. It's so long ago since I've seen it. And I really enjoyed it on second viewing. I have to say there is a richness to it. Um, so Anne Skelly is, is Rose. Um, people might know her from HBO's series The Nevers. I know that's been a big hit for them. Um, she's one of the leads in that. But she here she's playing a veterinary student. She's kind of struggled with her sense of place ever since she found out she was adopted, I think, around the age of eight. Um, She's a really strange character. She's kind of troubled and potentially troublesome and very hard to read. So not this kind of plucky heroine that we'd often get in movies like this. You kind of don't know what she's capable of. Um, And she finally tracks down her birth mother, who's played by Orla Brady, who's really good here as well. Um, and she is Ellen, a successful actress. So you have little scenes within scenes in this film. Um, and she has kind of buried okay. the secret behind um, her adopted daughter deep within her. She's told nobody of her daughter's existence. 
um, not even her other daughter who Rose meets when she arrives at the house. So that like is chilling, actually. Um, they're around the same age. You're going, what's going on here? Um, so she travels to London. She kind of is not in the mood to accept rejection. And she arrives at the house. There's a house um, viewing. So she arrives in to see that. And there's a great scene where um, Orly Brady's character takes one look at her at the door and she knows she's her, her daughter. So again, the intrigue is building there, you know. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but there is a Me Too kind of thing going on here that feels very pertinent and very, very timely. Um, and you discover, I suppose, that Ellen, the circumstances behind Ellen giving the daughter up for adoption are very painful. There's a lot of trauma involved um, and it's, you know, a much more painful and deeper uh, complicated past than the younger woman um, R- R- Rose could have even realised, you know. Mm. So that leads her to start lo- looking for her father, who's played by um, Aidan Gillen. And he's a successful archaeologist and he's carrying out a major dig. So metaphors abound there, you know, digging up <laughs> your past and all that. Um, and she's kind of possibly interested, influenced by her mother's career. She decides to take on a persona. So this kind of turns from very clever. It fools you into t- thinking it's a drama. Um, and, and I suppose with Irish films of this genre, they often turn out to be drama, you know. But it turns into a bit of a psychological thriller, even with elements of horror to it, I would say. Um, and, and that kind of happens when she adopts the persona of this young actress named Julie. Hence the title Rose Plays Julie in a bid to find out more about her father and what his take on events of the past are. Um, skirting around plot lines like mad there. So yeah. it's, <laughs> it's just a, this, the reveals in it are really good, you know. Um, it's written and directed by uh, two filmmakers by the name of Christine Malloy and Joe Lawler. They'd be regarded as kind of experimental in, in tone in some of their films, although this feels quite mainstream to me. It definitely takes a different approach, though. Um, I loved how it skirted the lines between dra- drama and psychological thriller. I thought that was very clever. It felt fresh to me. Um, it felt like something I hadn't seen before. And it's very good, this. It's very, really original. I think, you know, it was in the works long before Me Too happened. But it's, it seems strangely prescient um, in the topic it handles, I have to say. Um, given the events of the last few years and I think that gives it an, an edge as well the two leads are fab and Aidan Gillen's very good actually kind of delightfully snaky as um, her father <laughs> Have you ever interviewed Aidan, uh, Aidan Gillen? Yes I have and, and has he ever said I'm sick to death like when has he made a, like a, a light romantic comedy where he's you know a bit of a knockabout <laughs> you know he's always cast as like not very nice people it doesn't seem to be fair It's strange isn't it I mean I, yeah, I think it, it's a very conservative industry, you see, the film industry. I think when they know you're good at doing one thing, they can get you to do it over and over again. And I think I, I can't speak for Aidan Gillen or his choices um, or, or the choices he makes or why he makes them. But I think you have to, as a young actor in particular, you have to be really careful to not fall down that trap, I think, and yeah. not get cast as the same thing over and over again, you know. But I have to say, I haven't always liked his performances, but I think he's really, really good in this. He, he, There's a sleight of hand that's needed into performance that he delivers really well, I think. Right. Okay. All right. That, uh, that sounds very interesting indeed. And that's mm. in cinemas. Uh, it should be pointed out, ye only fashion cinemas. Today. Anyway, uh, we, someone has won 20 grand. Uh, here's them doing it. 
It's the competition giving you life-changing cash. The 20k giveaway on News Talk. The lines have closed. We've selected a random number from all our correct entries, and I could be calling you right now. Here we go. Hello. Hi there. Can I ask who I'm speaking to? Neve Riley. Neve. Neve. Whereabouts are you in this country of ours? In Sandry. Lovely stuff. And what are you up to for the day, Neve? I'm just working from home at the moment. So, Neve, uh, can I ask you a question? Did you enter a competition this week? I did. Okay, interesting. Rightio. Um, Neve, I can tell you that you did enter a competition. Uh, you selected the right answer. And, Neve, I'm very happy to tell you that you've just won €20,000. Are you actually joking? <laughs> no. Seriously, are you actually messing? I'm not messing at all. €20,000 was all yours. I don't believe this. Is this a wind-up? <laughs> it's not a wind-up, I promise you. What? Yeah. I actually feel like I'm going to get sick. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Oh my God, thank you so much. There you go, that's uh, Neve and Santry there, who uh, would seem to get very excited when she told she wants 20 grand, didn't phase her at all with some complete randomer rang her up and asked her what she was doing at home. I just slammed down the phone and called the guards immediately. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's our lot uh, for this week. Uh, thanks, of course, to uh, Leslie Williams, Serena Bellissimo and April Felicia Felt. Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie.